This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Now I can say welcome, everybody. Okay, now welcome, everybody. Welcome all our uh, Torah Anytime uh, viewers. So tonight we are continuing with our Mashiach series. We're learning, oh, a few announcements. We are learning tonight. Also, every woman is invited to join us at... 1601 Quentin Road at on Thursdays at 8 p.m. But I, I do need to mention, I do make a public apology that not every week we're here, most of the weeks we are here. And if just what I would recommend to do is to uh, reach out, there are a few ways. Number one is you could email me to confirm that there is a class for this uh, for this current week. And number two is that you could... What? Two more more. Okay, and that you, and number two is that there is a WhatsApp group for women only that does post all the classes, all the details on it, and the times and the topics and so on and so forth. So, okay, uh, final final. Um, Announcement is that BJX, which we, the room that we're sitting in, graciously hosts us every single week. And uh, they've been on a little bit of a fundraising campaign. So if anybody is able to go and donate, they give us this room, the, the amenities, everything. that No charge, no nothing. They give us everything for free. So uh, this does come you know, at, at, at an expense. So if anybody is able to donate, it will be greatly appreciated. At, it's www.helpbjx.com. So help as in when you stranded on a desert and you write help in the sand, the same way that it's spelled, uh, BJX, just the way that it sounds, the letter B, the letter J, and the letter X, dot com, exactly the way it sounds, dot C, dot O, not dot O, dot C, O, M. Okay, for anybody who hasn't been in the dot com era recently. Okay, so now let us let us begin. Okay, so... Last week we gave a class. This, the truth is, this is a little bit, this is a continuation from the last week's class, but we're going to do it a lot simpler. Uh, this is one of the classes that I prepared the class, and then I reviewed it, and then I, what I call it, I re-prepared it. I'm like, I shuffled everything around, and I added new things over here, and then I reviewed it again, and then I re-prepared it again, and then I reviewed it again, and I did it. This is a class, this is a type of class that I could constantly tweak and I could constantly add information. Not change, add information. So, why am I telling you this? Is that a lot of the things that we're going to say, just like the things that we spoke about last week, it's going to be things that are a lot of chidushim that I'm presenting. So it's my own interpretation. Again, you don't have to go and you don't have to believe it. I, I will give you um, a lot of, of proofs for what I'm saying. But again, it's it's my own interpretation of some of these things. I'll, many of these things are based off gemalot and are based off what our sages teach us. But some interpretations are similar to what uh, to something that I have um, put together. And this is something that I do have to give an introduction that I gave last week in case this, you haven't been here or you haven't listened to last week's class. So... What we did was, is, is in the purpose of last week's class and this week's class, it, well, I'm sorry, not last week, two weeks ago, two weeks ago class and this week's class, is how close are we to Mashiach? How close are we? Are, is it right over here? And I'm just going to say it, you know, right now, you don't have to email me, you don't have to ask me when it's coming, you know, it's coming tomorrow, I, you know, the, as far as, you know, people ask me, one year, five months, six months, seven months, yeah, give me some timeline, I'm like, I am not a prophet, I don't know. I don't know. We wait away for him every single day that he comes. But the purpose of what we're dealing with today is going to be how imminent is Mashiach coming? How imminent is close? Now, why am I giving that type of introduction? Is that many of these things we spoke about two years ago in the second and third classes in the Mashiach series. 
Uh, but today, even though we're going to be speaking about very, very similar or identical topics, we're going to be doing it in a completely different light. We're going to be doing it to show the imminence of Mashiach. So the beauty of this is twofold. Number one is that whenever you go and you learn Torah, you're able to learn the same thing again, but in a completely different viewpoint. Even if you're translating it again, you're saying the same examples, but then it brings out a completely different, uh, different viewpoint. Thank you. Completely different, uh, you know, uh, you know, objective, you know, into mind, and that's the beauty of that's beauty number one. Beauty number two is that it starts opening your mind and how to look at life. We we tend to view life in a very, very, you know, singular lens. Like the way that we see it is the way that we get it. We don't tend to branch out when we see one thing. Like, okay, this can mean two possible interpretations, even though it can mean multiple interpretations. But at least we could branch it out into seeing the same thing that happens to us in two different interpretations, that's already a success. Meaning, let's give, a, uh, let's give an example. Somebody goes and uh, tries to take a flight, misses the flight. So the first thing, if they're religious, they say, Gamzulotova. Everything that God does is for the best. This, this too is also uh, for, the, for the best. And that's it. Okay? Um, the... Life easier. Right? Okay. So the... What happens if somebody goes, you know, rushes over to the, to the airport and then misses the flight? The first thing that they think about, first of all, everybody thinks of themselves as the highest of the high. I am the prophet, I'm the son of the prophet, I'm the wife of the prophet, whatever it is, we're like up there, right? We're like, we consider ourselves very, very, even the people with the lowest self-esteem consider themselves to be, to be uh, very high. It's very, very interesting. But it's not a class about self-esteem, so we won't go into that. What happens if you miss a flight? First thing you think about, be like, it must be the 239 people aboard are going to all die a terrible death. And um, I survived because I was uh, lazy and delayed and I didn't uh, you know, come in time. Be like, that's, that's obviously the reason. And if the plane doesn't blow up, you get upset a little bit, just a little bit. Be like, oh, like, you mean they arrived safely? Like you should still check flight status. Arrived early? What do you mean early? Like, are you kidding me? I miss this flight. This flight is supposed to blow up. This is, I mean, obviously, not a good Jew, things like that, or a good person. But, uh, you know, let's be honest. There's a little bit, how would you feel, right, that there was a plane, God forbid, we, we know, never, not, not only may we never know about it, may never hear about it, may never happen. A plane that gets, uh, unfortunately, gets uh, sunk into the ocean, gets blown up, whatever it is. And you were supposed to be on that plane. You would be, like, so happy that you missed that flight. Like, so happy, even more happier than not taking... You know, like, it, it's a little bit of a happiness that comes in, but, but there's 239 people that, that died on that flight. But, okay, that, that's true, and you feel bad when you express it, but deep down you're like, hmm, you know, a little bit... Okay, like, you know, like, come on, you know, like, I missed it. Like, I have a crazy story. Like, this is unbelievable. By the way, if you want to have crazy stories in your life, I'll tell you the secret to it. It's very, very simple. Start, see, start speaking publicly. Stories just happen to you, and you don't want it, right? This is the thing that I say about, you know, that I quote from my official chapter. I like to say stories, I don't like to be in stories. You know, like, I like to hear it secondhand, thirdhand, fourthhand, fine. Firsthand, uh, yeah, I don't want to be involved. Um, but in any case, what happens? So, so when we see things, we see things in a, in a one-angle aspect. But what happens if you start seeing things from a multiple angle? So inst- instead of thinking, like, you know what, no, nothing bad is going to happen, but maybe next time I should come early. Maybe next time I should prepare my ticket. Maybe next time I should think about why this happened from the spiritual aspect. You start seeing the same actions that happen in your life, but you start seeing it from a different angle. So it's very important not only to learn this way, meaning that you're learning something and you're seeing things in a different light, but also to see life this way. When you're, le- when you're seeing this... 
when you're seeing life and you're, you're, you're seeing there's, there's multiple facets to what you're dealing with. So, the way that we're going to go is similar to the way that we went, uh, that we went before. Last one? Last one. Okay. So, the way that we're going, uh, the way that we're going uh, last uh, two weeks ago was that we took two gemarot. Two different sections, two completely different gemarot. One in Sanhedrin, one in Sotah. And each one speaks about identical symptoms of what's going to be like right before Mashiach comes. But what would we differentiate? We differentiate by little nuances of words, or little differences of, of terminology that must mean something else. And the main difference that we made was one was speaking about in the Gemara Sotah, page 49b, says, Ikvesat Mashiach. Rashi translates this, Ikvesat Mashiach means the time right before Mashiach comes. So remember that time right before Mashiach comes. The Gemara and Sanhedrin, also identical symptoms. But it speaks about, or similar symptoms, not identical, similar. Speaks about the Dolsha ben David Ba. The generation when the son of David, the son of David is referring to Mashiach ben David. And the, son, the generation of when Mashiach is coming. So one of them we discussed as, as in our last class. One of them is referring to something that is coming before Mashiach comes. So in the era, or the way that we explained it before Mashiach comes. One of them is, is the generation of Mashiach comes. So what we want to do today is try to figure out where are we? Are we in the generation of when Mashiach comes? Are we in the era of when Mashiach comes? Big difference. Could be a difference of 50 years, 100 years. Or, or it could be a difference of 20 years or 10 years. So this is where the nuances that we're going to try to bring uh, the Chidushim uh, today. So we're going to speak about numerous different types of topics. The first um, topic that we're going to speak about is uh, money. Everybody loves money. Everybody appreciates money. Everybody understands money. So let's try to delve a little bit into uh, the concept of what money will be like when Mashiach comes, a.k.a. our generation, hopefully. Right? Okay, so the Gman Zotah says in, in the Ikfas of the Mashiach, it says, There's going to be something known as an inflation of prices. Now, before we start explaining what this means in inflation, first of all, inflation prices be very simple for everybody. So if an avocado used to cost 50 cents, now it costs $1.50 or $2.50 or $3.50, depending on where you shop, the truth is. But, but generally speaking, it went a lot higher. Now, I don't want to speak, you know, we're not talking about like, you know, when your grandfather was said, when I took a trolley, you know, and I paid a nickel, you know, to get across the world and be like, well, I have to pay an arm and a leg. Literally, I have to sell my arm and a leg in order to go, and a kidney also, in order to get around the world. But... Well, we're not referring to that type of time. We're referring to an inflation of prices. So an inflation of prices is not referring to you know, over time. This is a more a, of, of a broad term of, of, of inflation. Now, the Gemara in Ta'ani, the Gemara Ta'ani, page 7b, goes and, spe- and says like this. And this is, a, this is a, 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 a interpretation of the In Yaakov. That chutzpah, uh, insolence, we said a good word last time. What was the word, the terminology we used? Shamelessness? Shameless, shamelessness? Ah, American? Arrogant. Oh, arrogant and American. So that's also, <laughs> that also works. So you have the, in, like when you, when you have the chutzpah, and you have distancing of Torah, says the Gemara Antanit, different Gemara, the Gemara Antanit says what? What's going to happen when you have these two things? There's going to be a drought. What happens when there's a drought? There's an increase in prices. So says the Gemara, says the Ian Yaakov goes and explains this Gemara and Tanit and says something very beautifully. Says that we spoke about previously, in our previous class, there's going to be what? There's going to be an increase of chutzpah. And there's going to be a decrease in learning Torah. There's a decrease in the Torah and the sages. We spoke about it in depth, uh, in, in the last class. That we, what did we, what did we say? We said these are two things that happen. What's going to be the consequence, the actions that happen from these two things? There's going to be an inflation of prices. Now why is this so important? The reason why this is so important is that we tend to not realize that there is an, we, you know, better phrase it this way. 
we don't connect the dots. We don't connect. We really don't connect the dots. We're so oblivious um, to like the way that the world works. We really don't connect the dots. And what I mean is like this: that let's use this as an example. So you have an air marshal. Everyone's here is familiar with an air marshal. Air marshal is a person that goes on an airplane and he just basically flies back and forth. Um, and it's the policeman on the airplane. So he carry. He's packing, a, you know, a firearm. He has a weapon, and he sits over there and he makes sure that if God forbid something happens, he is there to intervene. I actually, you know, uh, am I allowed? To, I can't. I don't know if I'm allowed to say. You okay? I don't know if I'm if I'm allowed to say who it was, but I know somebody, and I spoke to in depth on, uh, you know, a, a air marshal, and I'm not allowed to say. No, it's a good thing I didn't say. It. Okay, so there's uh, there's a, an air marshal that I was speaking to, and. Um, it was very interesting because you go an air marshal. What it has to do, it has to connect dots that you wouldn't necessarily connect. Let's say you go on a plane and you see a person profusely sweating. So you wouldn't necessarily mean be like, well, unless you're paranoid, you wouldn't necessarily mean be like, pat this guy down. You see how pound he is? You got to pat this guy down. Like you see what's going on over here? Yeah. No, no, no. But then let's say. You see someone talking to themselves a little bit. Now, I'm not saying the guy is saying, Allah Akbar, you know, I'm not saying anything like that. And again, I'm not generalizing or discriminating or saying it, uh, whatever, maybe I am, I don't know. Whatever it is, I'm not saying that, like that, but let's say you have a guy speaking to himself, and he's sweating profusely, and he doesn't have any luggage. You know, it's like, paranoid people think about this all the time, and be like, wait a minute, you're just taking one bag, and then you, you know, you have those people on the plane that they start interrogating, the, where are you going? Business or pleasure? Like all of a sudden, you're the security, you're the TSA, right? They pass... You know, they pass the, the TSA is the most intelligent people that we have based on the, you know, on the front lines over there, uh, you know, in, in the airport. You know, they sit over there and, uh, right after rehab, and they're sitting over there and uh, they're going and they're saying, oh, you know, okay, did you pack your bags yourself as if you'd never flown before? I don't know, one per, I, I would love, I, uh, I would pay money, forget it, I love, I would pay money to witness that first person that gone, like, no, I, I, there's, Muhammad just actually just asked me to deliver this this uh, thing. I, I never packed this. I never seen this before. Uh, I, 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 it's worth. That would be worth a lot of money for me. I don't know if it's just me. Is it just me? I don't know. That that would, that that's entertainment. That's right there. Be like, who is a person? Like, yet they asked it. Did you pack this bag bag yourself? Be like, no. I was actually blindfolded when I just like threw things inside over there, and then I put it on the corner and be like, hey, by the way, everybody, I'm flying to Alaska. If you need me to take anything, just just. Chuck it in over there. Wires, needles, not. It's fine. You know, we're not looking. You know, we're all together. And you know, like, and then you pack it over there, right? So you have the, the, you know, the strong, you know, first line of defense over there, going over there and saying, and, and you know, protecting the country, protecting the things. And kudos to them. I really give great. And by the way, if you have ever flown with Alal, you see the difference. By the way, you really see the difference on how the questions they interrogate you, like you feel guilty. You really feel guilty. You go and allow and be like, uh, you know, like, like, where do you pray on Shabbat? And be like, you know, like for people that wearing a kippah and unfortunately they're not that religious, I feel bad for them. And be like, well, I pray by this and this and this and I go this and I give classes here and here and there. And I'll be like, what else do you want to know? But they, they know what to ask. And you, when you fly allow, this class is brought to you by El Al. <laughs> so when you go and you fly El Al, you really do feel, you feel, you hear the questions that they ask you. It's so different from the, the you know, the regular question. I guess that's why you pay the premium price. Um, it's not for the extra legroom. 
which doesn't exist. But you you do pay for the you 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 know you pay for the for the security. But you go and you go and, and these things, and you see a lot of these these different like odd things. But we tend to not connect the dots. The professionals. So you have the TSA, you have the air marshals, you have whatever it is, the security over there, and may God bless them all. They're keeping us safe and and they're doing a great job. You know, you know apparently they're doing a very good job. When they're when you're looking at it, they are trained to connect dots. They are trained to see something and and see something else and be like, wait a minute, something is fishy over here. When we live our life, that is how we are supposed to be. We need to go and start connecting dots. So if we have something unfortunately bad that happens to us, we have to start thinking, why did it happen? What is the reason that God did this to me? Again, it could be my fault, and it definitely is, but is it a physical fault? Is it something which meaning that maybe I came late, or maybe something is on the spiritual side? Maybe I have to fix something on the spiritual side. You start connecting dots that you didn't connect before, and that is something very, very important. That is what the Gemara is, is referring to over here. The Gemara is what the Ian Yaakov goes and explains, that you have over here an inflation of prices. But why is there an inflation of prices? You could go and start being an economist and start explaining it from every, from every different angle. But the real reason, the real reason that you have inflation of prices is very simple. There's something spiritually backing that's over here. What is it? There was chutzpah that increased and there was a decrease in the law. What happens with that? There's a drought and drought increase of prices. So the, the Gemara and the Un Yaakov specifically is going and explaining over here, we have to start connecting dots in life. When we start connecting dots in life, we start seeing things a little bit more clear. And this is what goes back to my original introduction. And we're still in the introduction, by the way. Right? And the original introduction was what? Was seeing that you see something, and you hear something, and you learn something, but seeing it from a different light. Once you see it from a different light, all of a sudden you start learning, and you start visualizing things differently. The way that it works in, let's say, army training, or the truth is training for everything. Why is it so much repetitious? You know, like you continue again and again, because it trains you to think that way. It trains you to, to you know, to, to, to behave in a certain way that almost that it comes second nature. You have people that you speak to them when they're when they're army. My father was in the uh, in the Israeli army, so you know you hear the stories. That the way that it goes is that they wake you up in like crazy early morning hours, and then you just gotta run with like stuff on your back, and you you do through crazy things that whenever you're going to be tired, exhausted, not in the mood, it doesn't matter. Your body is working faster than your brain. For me, it's my mouth. My mouth works faster than my brain. That's why I say words that don't exist. And that's why, you know, sometimes I say things that I shouldn't be saying. You know, some people call it word vomit. I just call it talking. But in any case, um, this is, uh, you know, we're, we're training or not, things happen as of like a muscle type of, of memory. So let's go on to understand what does it mean that there's going to be an inflation of prices. So a beautiful interpretation that I saw mean is that the items are going to be inflated, but it's going to be artificially. What is artificial inflation of prices? Nowadays, you can see it's so common. Is people? It's known as people shop for labels. What I mean by labels is that you have two items. Let's let's use an example of a belt. You have a belt, the same exact materials. One belt is worth is sold for. $50, another belt is sold for $500. Now, what is the sole difference? And assuming that it's exactly the same exact materials, the same leather, the same stainless steel, gold, whatever it is, the same exact. What is the difference between these two things? The name, the brand name. So here you have a Ferragamo belt, and here you have, oh, I don't want to bash any of the lower ends. Here you have another regular lower end brand name, whatever, uh, belt. Why would somebody go and buy the same exact material and spend... Ten times more of the price. The answer is because oh, it's the label. You know, you see it. Everyone walks around and be like, "Ah, oh, Ferragamo, Prada, 
Gucci and other words I don't know. Right? All these like you know things. But like, ah, you know. So we we go and we shop for labels. Now, why do we shop for labels? People say, well, it's good quality. Is it? It's slightly. It is. The quality is slightly better. So let's say you buy. You know what? I'm, I'm a lot. Let's say you buy a. Uh, let's say you buy Tommy Hilfiger belt, right? Let's say you buy something like that, and then you buy a Prada belt. The Prada sell belt, probably. No, anybody know? Gucci Ferragamo. You buy. You buy a belt that's. Well. When you go, when you, um, Ferragamo, I know, I know Ferragamo sells belt. So you have a Tommy Hilfiger belt and you have a Ferragamo belt. Shoes, do you guys know shoes? I don't know, okay. So you, you have a Tommy Hilfiger shoe and you have a, what's the shoe with the red bottom? Louis Vuitton. Louis, aha, okay, so we do know. Okay, so Louis Vuitton, that's what it is. So you have a, Louis Vuitton? Louis Vuitton? Louis Vuitton? Louis Vuitton's another company. Louis Vuitton? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, so, what a, who came first? Okay, you know what, let's not talk about it. Okay, so you have, you have a, a Tommy Hilfiger shoe, I don't know if they make shoes, but assuming they do, right? You have a Tommy Hilfiger shoe and you have a Louis Vuitton shoe. Now, why is it, why is it that, let's say, let's say it's a very high-end Tommy Hilfiger shoe and a low-end Louis Vuitton shoe. So, assuming that the difference in the quality is $50. Let's say that, because the quality is better, but let's say it's about $50. Why would somebody go and spend it from a $100 shoe and spend, a, a, how much is it, $1,000? $1,000. Why would they spend $1,000 from $100 from $1, to $1,000 for an extra $50 worth of material? And the answer is it's not because of the material. It's not because of the comfort, it, but rather it's because of the name. Maybe it's because of the comfort, maybe because, whatever. Say whatever you want about yourself. I'm generalizing. Take it, you know, come with me on this journey. So, when you think about it, you have people and they wear these things. Why are they wearing it? They're wearing it not for themselves. Maybe they are, okay? Assuming that they're not. I know we're going to have tons of emails. Like, I wear nice things for myself to make myself feel good and happy. Please see a therapist if you do are one of those people. But in general speaking, we're dealing in a generalization, generalization real word, um, when, when somebody goes and buys an expensive product. It's, generally speaking, you're buying it for other people. Assuming that it's not a big significant difference in the, in the, in the product value. If it's a big significant difference, then fine. You have a reason to buy it. But assuming that it's not. So, this is what it means, an artificial inflation of prices. You're buying something that is really worth $100, but you're willing to spend $1,000 for it. Why? Because, ah, you know, whatever reasons that you want to do. Right? And you'll speak to your own therapist for whatever reason that you're buying those shoes. So, you're, you're, you're dealing with this. There, there's an inflation of prices, but an inflation that makes no sense. It makes no sense. You're buying something not because of its of 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 what it does to you, but rather what it makes you feel compared to others. You know, there's so many other different things that we you know that we could go you know into. So now, why is this so important? This is so important. This leads. This is what we said. The ikfas of Mashiach. This is the gemara sota ikfas of Mashiach. There's going to be inflation of prices. Let's look at what it says in Sanhedrin page 97a regarding the dosha ben David ba the generation when when Mashiach comes. It says that the honor will dwindle. The honor will go down, meaning that the honor honorable people will be corrupt. Now let's try to explain this. This is not my interpretation of the bit. This is the interpretation that I saw. I'm going to go into uh, my own interpretation. But the interpretation that I saw is that the cost of living is going to go up so much that it's going to cause real good people to be corrupt. Now what does this mean? You have you, ever, you guys are familiar with the terminology keeping up with the Joneses? Is it keeping up with the Jones or the Joneses? No one knows. 
Who cares? Uh, keeping up with the Smiths, right? So you're going and you're keeping up with... What does that mean? That means that let's say that you live... And by the way, I speak to people very often that are in these situations. You have somebody that goes and makes a good living. Baruch Hashem makes a very good living, has a nice house, goes on decent vacation, drives... Him and his wife both drive, uh, let's say, Lexuses. They both drive. But they're, all their neighbors and all their friends drive Maseratis, Bentleys, Ferraris, and so on and so forth, other fancy cars that are higher than the Lexus. What are they going to start feeling? Be like, okay, like, you know, now we have to, you know, like we all have to. But, uh, but you live very comfortably. You have a very nice house. You go on very nice vacations. You go to nice restaurants. But because you're not in the same boat as your friends and relatives, maybe, and your neighbors, you feel the obligation all of a sudden to take it one step further. So what do they do? Unfortunately, not everybody, but some people, they go and they leave, live above their means. Now, I'm going to be speaking a lot about this concept, living above your means. I am not speaking to anybody personally. I'm just speaking about the facts. Now, I, this is not meant that... Usually, some things I, th- I say, and I'm like intending it to be an attack on people. Like, I, yeah, feel bad, feel insulted, good, you know, for certain things. But this one, I'm really not. This is not... The purpose here is to understand where we are when Michelle comes. If you're going to gain something for it, bonus, extra, extra credit. So now... You have somebody that has a very, very good life, very successful life, living very comfortably. Everything is good for them. But then they go and they live above their means because of their friends, their relatives, their families, and their neighbors, and so on and so forth. Now, what happens because of that? What happens is, is that if you have X amount of money and you're using more than X amount of money, all of a sudden there's debt and there's credit cards and there's loans and there's mortgages that you have to all of a sudden you can't afford. So what's going to take one step away from that? You're gonna, it's going gonna, it's gonna to lead to, unfortunately, it can lead to, it doesn't necessarily need to, it leads to something known as corruption. And I'm telling you this because of the people that I speak to and the people that I deal with, they go and they ask me questions. Sometimes they ask me questions, sometimes they don't. Sometimes I hear it after the fact that unfortunately you have good people. I'll tell you, I know somebody that was um, not so religious, but you know, believed in God, believed in everything, put himself in this type of situation. And eventually what happened was, and I only found that it's after the fact, is that he started dealing drugs because he had to go and keep up with his lifestyle with, you know, with his neighbors and friends and things, you know, things like that. And, it, you know, my, that's, that's like murder. Like you're dealing drugs. I'm not talking about, you know, let's not speak about which drugs he dealt, but that could lead to, that could lead to, that could lead to murder. It could also lead to somebody then on, on a little bit of a lower scale, cheating customers. Somebody comes in, you buy a product, let's say that's broken, defected, or or returned to something, then you sell it as new. There's different ways, and you start cheating. Why? Because you have to you have to pay certain bills. You have to increase your margins of profit. You have to you know do things that you need to. I get questions of people selling very questionable products. Am I allowed to sell this? Am I allowed to, you know? Whenever you have a question, am I allowed to sell it? You know right away there's a problem. And right? if they're coming to you with a question, could it, could I deal with this type of business? You know right away it's a situation. So, you know, and I, and I have, I have people that I'm very close with that actually moved out of areas where it was too much for them. They were living in certain communities, certain neighborhoods, where everybody was, had to keep with everybody, uh, everybody else. And the kids in the schools had to wear certain things and everybody, and it was too much for them. They were getting stressed out. They were getting unhealthy. It's, it affects your health. It affects your health that they had to actually go and move out of the community. They had to move out of the community. And you know what? I praise those type of people. Those are, that's amazing. Bokushan that you're able to do that. 
uh, better than sticking into you know in the community and having living a depressed life that you can't afford anything, you can't deal with anything, you can't keep up you know with with your neighbors, and because of that you're going in a depressed life. Meanwhile, this type of person that lives anywhere else in the world is a multi you know millionaire, is a, is a, is somebody that's living at the highest level. It's crazy the way the psychological you know the, the psychological the way that it works on us is so. And what's even crazier is that even you have psychologists that know the way that it works, yet they still fall into the same thing. Even people that go and they teach about it and they speak about it and they go, and they still everybody falls into it. The way the mind works is something so fantastic, so so unbelievable that you know something, but yet you fall into the same issue. I can't. It, it, we could go on in this for a really long time, but if you understand what I said, it goes really really deep with the, you know that 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 sentence. So when you're dealing with this. You're, you're trying to figure the Gemara, the Gemara in, in, in Sanhedrin goes and, and, and says that it's gonna corrupt, the inflation is gonna re- lead to corruption. So now, my question is to you is, where do you think we are? We're definitely in one of those two places. There's another one that we're gonna get to. Definitely one of those two places. Are we in a place where inflation is rising? And by the way, if you have ever shopped ever anywhere ever in your life, you realize that we're dealing in an inflation period for quite some time. And, uh, on the flip side, or are we in a sense that we're so much in inflation, and we're so much in the thing that it actually leads to corruption. And at least because we have to, you know, keep up with the, with you know, with the neighbors and friends. Let's take this one step further. There's another Gemara in Sanhedrin, page 97a, that says that the puta, puta is known as the lowest coin, the the, the smallest currency, is going to cease from the purse. It's no longer going to be in the, you know, in the in the in the pocket. Now, look at how this works. First, you have an inflation of prices. An inflation of prices leads to corruption, and corruption leads to the lack of. Money. All of a sudden, you try to have money, but not only that, you, that you have that. Let me explain what this means: that you won't have a puta from that. You won't have a coin in the purse. Listen to this. I can't tell you how many stories I had like this. You have somebody that goes and leases a twelve hundred dollar a month car, right? So you have twelve hundred dollars a month, and it's always sitting in the driveway. That's why. Why? Why aren't you driving it? Be like, gas is very expensive. Why are you buying a twelve hundred? Why are you leasing a twelve hundred dollar car? They have twelve hundred dollars car, and they're not able to. Unfortunately, they're not even able to go and pay for the gas to go and drive it. And that's why you have people that drive a lot. They need to drive a lot, but they go to the leasing and they go and they take a, a they buy a fancier car. And I'm again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong. I'm not judging anybody. Do whatever you want with your money. It's all your money. You can do whatever you want. May God bless you on it. But let's understand the concept over here. They take something and they utilize to the maximum ability that they can, but then they don't have any money left. There's no puta, there's nothing, no coins left in the pocket, in the purse, to be able to go and pay for anything else. I've had people that, the, you know, they come to me and say they have no money. Broke, should be broke times squared, right? Either the square root, well, not the square root. They're squared broke, which means that they're broke for like two lifetimes. Worth it, for two lifetimes. But yet they just bought a thousand dollar belt. And be like, hmm. You know, like, I have a question. So, like, how can it be? So, like, you know, like, let's say they can't give any charity, they can't give anything else, they can't afford to pay, whatever it is. That, but they're, they're so, so what's going on over here? Where is our, where is our importance? You have over here somebody that has a certain amount of money, but they put it all for something else. And I can't tell you how many examples I could give you right now on this situation, both from men and women, that they, they have the, the ability to go and afford things, but they put themselves in a situation where they can't afford things. Now, again, not judging. Saying that, because usually I do judge, but I say I don't judge, but now I don't judge. No, I never judge. I can't judge, because only God can judge. No one's allowed to judge. Okay? No judging. Judging, I said like 10 times in the past, like 30 seconds. Okay, so now, let's take this one step one step further. You have, there's a story. Happened to, I, I believe it was a Chavetz Chaim, but I may be mistaken. There was, uh, the Chavetz Chaim was giving, a, giving a, a class, and he mentioned that 
something doesn't make sense here. The time and the amount of pages that I turned did not make sense. Okay, so you have um, the Chafetz was giving a class, and he was giving a class on a uh, you know on the topic where where God could take away your money in a second, in an instant. And he was the Chafetz Chaim was I believe it was the Chafetz Chaim was a big rabbi that going and saying that no matter how much money you have, how many businesses you have, God could take everything away in an instant. After the rabbi finished the class, there was a very, very wealthy person that was, that was in the class, and he went over to the rabbi and says, Rabbi, with all due respect, I believe everything that you said. But I have one question. In an instant, really, he says, Rabbi, I'll tell you personally. He says, I have over 50 businesses. I have business in real estate, I have business in finance, I have business in all different, in all different sectors. I understand that God could take away all my money 100%, I agree with you, but in a second? Like, that means that the banking industry has to crash, the real estate industry has to crash, the health industry, the, you know, the, the pharmaceutical, there's so many things that has to crash, all that, and in a second? I mean, that's hard to believe. So the, what, what did the rabbi answer him? The rabbi answered him and says, yeah, he says, you're right, it's very, very difficult to believe. He says, but just like God doesn't need to necessarily take the money away from you, he could take away you from the money. In a second, you could go and you don't have any money. There's two ways to happen that you be separated from something. Either that item gets removed from you, or you get removed from that item. So either God could take away all the money, or God could take away you from the money. What is, what is the rabbi referring to? The rabbi was referring to something that unfortunately an untimely death. You know, somebody goes and passes away, or a timely death, doesn't, you know, every death is timely. You know, you go and, and you pass away. But there's another step that we could take into this, to this, uh, you know, to, to, unfortunately to our generation. You have people that make tremendous amount of money. And then what happened? Suddenly, whether it's correct, whether it's not correct, whether it was legally, whatever it was not legally, they're in prison. Unfortunately, there's a situation where you have people in, uh, in prison. And when you think about this, is you have people that had so much money, and they may even have so much money, but they don't have a cent to their name. Meaning that they're sitting in prison, what are they going to do? They can't do anything. The money means absolutely nothing. They don't have, they don't have any, you know, they don't have anything. So listen to how this works so beautifully, and you could, you could pinpoint where you think we are holding in the time of where Mashiach is coming. So the Gman says in the Ikhfas of the Mashiach, in the time where Mashiach is going to come, there's going to be an increase of inflation. That definitely, check. The question is, are you going to leave the check over there or are we going to go on a few, a few steps forward? Then what does that lead to? It leads to corruption. What does corruption lead to? Corruption leads to prison. Corruption leads to losing money. Corruption leads to having no, mon- no money, no puta in your purse. No money in your pocket. Even though that you have. And it could be, it could be because of the fact that maybe that you had the ability to, to live a comfortable life. But you went above your means and then you went out and you had to deal with corruption. And then you still didn't have any money. Or that means that you died early. And I can't even emphasize this enough. If you ever open up the newspaper ever, you see unfortunate events that are happening a day, day in and day out. Either with regard to water. You know, in the summer, unfortunately, we had a very uh, severe judgment that, you know, apparently on water, we had many, many um, incidents regarding, regarding deaths in that situation where we have just in, in you know, in general, you know, the, the Klaus, the, the, the Jewish nation in general, we, we, you know, we're not new uh, to, you know, to suffering. And we see this time and time again. You have every situation, every few weeks, another story. You know what the saddest part is? And it's not the saddest part. It's one of the saddest part is that we're not even sensitive to it anymore. Like, you know, like we can't be like, oh, that's so sad. I'll have uh, two Cokes, um, a slice of pizza, and whatever it is. Like, we're continuing. We, it used to be when you hear something, that I'd be like, are you serious? There was a little kid that unfortunately went this, and then this, this situation, and you, your whole day was ruined. Now, you go over there, you see the situation, and, and you know, like, okay, and then almost instantly we could continue. And if you're not one of those people, may God bless you. You know, this is something that we're all one nation. If one person suffers, we all need to suffer. We're all part of it together. So now the... the point that I want to bring out is 
the first part that we spoke about, which is the inflation, that's in time when Mashiach is coming. That's the era. But anything after that we spoke about, that's when Mashiach is imminent. That is the generation. Where do you think that we are? I'm not going to give you my opinion, even though I subtly hinted that to you very strongly, where I think uh, you know we are. But to each your own, um, your own opinions. The you know where are we? Are we in the generation of Mashiach's coming, or are we in the ikvus of the Mashiach coming? Let's go to topic number two. Topic number two is wine, right? We go from money to wine. This is a great class, right? So happy that you guys came. Um, you're so happy that you guys came. That's what I was going to say, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, you're so happy that you came. Okay, so um, the. This was very interesting. This is a Gemara that I looked at both of them, the Gemara and Sotah, and the Gemara and and I was like, it seems so similar. Until you put the words together, and the words like very close to each other, you see the, nu- the nuances in them. The Gemara and Sotah says, and this is the, the, genera- the, the era, I'm sorry, when Mashiach is coming, it says, meaning the vine, the grapes, there'll be plenty of grapes, they're going to bring off their fruit, but wine is still going to be expensive. Why is this, you know, sounds backwards, is that you have... Tremendous amount of grapes, meaning that the prices should go down. The wine should go down. The grapes should go down. But yeah, no, it's not like that. You're going to have tremendous amount of grapes, tremendous amount of wine, tremendous amount of wine, but yet the wine prices are going to keep on going up. That's what the Gemara Zotah says. The Gemara Sanhedrin goes and says, It's almost word for word exactly the same. In fact, it's exactly the same thing, except for, there's going to be two letters, but we're going to focus on one. There's one letter that we're going to focus on that's different. One letter. What's the difference over here? Who here speaks Hebrew? Who here believe? Okay, good. So a few people. Okay, what's the difference? You don't have to answer, but you all understand what I'm saying. The difference between titen and yiten. Again, what's the difference over here? Hagefen titen priya. The gefen, the vine, will give its its produce, or vagefen yiten priya. There's a difference over here with one letter. There's titen or yiten. The the difference is is the difference if it's present or in the future. Titen, giving right now. It's in the present. Yitain is in the future. Agreed? You can nod anyways, doesn't matter. I'm gonna continue with that. Okay, Titan is, is, is in the present. Yitain is in the future. The Gemara in Sotah, the Gemara that's referring to in the, in the time when Mashiach is, when Mashiach, in the era of Mashiach is coming, that is speaking about in the present. The Gemara when Mashiach is imminent, that's speaking about in the future. Let's try to break this down. It's gonna be beautiful, you're gonna enjoy this, it's gonna be great. Listen to this. The economist, not this part. People don't like hearing economists. When the economists, uh, you know, they, when there's an inflation, there's usually a recession. When there's a recession, there's not usually inflation. But yet, in the past X amount of years, at least since September, you know, 11th, which is coming up, there was, and uh, not only there was a recession, but there was also inflation, which things usually don't work that way. When people don't make money, the prices usually go down. But yet here, people didn't make any money. There was not, there was a recession. But yet, the inflation, the prices still, still went on. So what is the difference over here? The, we're going to give two interpretations. Number one is an interpretation I want to go through very quickly, um, but um, I, I feel it's still important. That what happens if you have enough merchandise, but you want to raise your prices? So that's, that's your, like, your own personal greed. Maybe you want to say, I don't know what's going to be in the future. Maybe you want to say that I want to increase my profit margin. Whatever it is, it, it tends from, it, it, you know, it's source in, in greed. Is it bad? Good? We're not dealing with that. Whatever it is. But what happens when you know that in the future, your futures are going to be secured? Meaning that you know even in the future, you're going to have enough product. Even in the future, you're going to have enough, enough money to make, but yet you still increase the prices. Where is the greed greater, greater? Is it greater when you're dealing with right now? I don't know what's going to be next year. Or is it, I know what's going to be next year, it's going to be in 10 years, but still I'm increasing the prices. 
And the answer is the greed is much greater when you know the future. So what is the difference? When Mashiach, in the time of the era of Mashiach, it's, that's when the Gefen Titen Priyach, it's going to give, right now it's present, it's giving a lot. It's giving a lot of produce, but yet the wine is still expensive. But okay, maybe there's some sort of uh, something going on with the situation that you're nervous about it. But what happens when you even know you have so much technology that you know even in the future you're going to have enough grapes. Even in the future you're going to have enough wine. In the future you're going to have enough business. Again, nobody knows this per se because everything's in God's hands. But to a certain extent, you know what's going to happen based on the technology that you have. And yet you're still greedy. That brings out greed to a whole nother level. So when Mashiach is going to, you know, let's give an example like this. Um, who here has ever heard of a company? It's a small company. It's, um, it's called Apple. Okay, you guys are familiar with that? Okay, so Apple started, came out with a uh, something called an iPhone. You probably guys are not familiar with this thing. It's a phone, whatever it is. Okay, whatever. Um, it's an iPhone. This came out in the year uh, 2007. And I still remember when this came out. I, when it came out, I was like, who is going to be a fool enough to buy a phone without actual buttons on it? Can you believe it? A bu- phone with only one button? I was like, I was laughing. Um, uh, but now, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, this is what, you, what it is. Um, but the truth is the technology back then was different than the technology is, is nowadays. But anyway, so you have the, the original iPhone. The original iPhone was sold for $499. The first iPhone was sold for $499. How much, the, how much do you think the materials cost to build the iPhone? I don't know why I'm asking this, but I'm curious. What do you think it costs? In China? Yeah, in China. You're going to lowball it. Four, they sold it for $499. How much did it cost them to build it? $100, $110. Okay, very good. So very interesting that you guys... Under $10? Uh-huh. I knew you were going to lowball it. The second you said China, I knew it was going to go low. Um, the... And this is, by the way, this is not a. This is not the Apple came out with own, their own statistics, and this is not uh, you know R and D is not research and development is not included. This is just specifically talking about the materials. The original iPhone is roughly was two hundred and seventeen dollars to uh, get the materials. They sold it for four hundred and ninety nine dollars. That is a markup, a profit margin of one hundred and twenty nine percent. That's how much they made on every single iPhone. One hundred and twenty nine percent. Two thousand and eight, they came with an iPhone called the iPhone three G. How did they get from that number? Different class. Um, they came with an iPhone called an iPhone 3G. That, the materials cost went from $217 to $166. So you think it went down in price. So what would happen? The price of the iPhone should go down. No, it didn't go down. It went up. It went from $499 to $599. It went up. It went, it, and, it, and it kept it going up. And again, throughout the years, it fluctuated up and down how much it cost. Now it happens to be, now there's an iPhone that you have to pay um, a mortgage and a kidney, uh, you know, for, what is it, like a $1,200 now is an iPhone, or $1,000 an iPhone, and, you know, um, forget about if you want Apple Care and if you want anything else. And call it. But when you finish it, when you finish it, you know, the, you know, after the, you know, the Apple store, by the way, geniuses, I, you know, I, I give it to them. They, they, they know what they're doing. And there's a reason why they're, they're not such a small company like when I started the class. Um, because that's how much they grew from when I started the class to when I got to here. <laughs> you know, they grew from a small company to a tremendous company in those few minutes. Um, but they know, uh, you know, obviously what they're doing. But when you think about it, if the amount of cost it would be for something goes down, then the price should go down. Why did it go up? Now again, I'm not saying about the research and development, maybe whatever it is that they have. And, and I'm not, I don't want to put out iPhone out on, you know, on a pedestal and say, oh, look what they're doing, they're all full of greed. I, I don't care. I couldn't care less. I really couldn't care less about it. But this is just the concept of what we see, and we see it very common, is that when you have a, um, a product, that even if the prices go down, they're still increasing the price. And that, it's based off greed. One of the foundations is, is, uh, is based off greed. Now, 
What do we see over here? The greater, the closer that we are to Mashiach, the greater the greed is going to be. Now, where you want to put yourself and where do you want to put our generation, that you decide. I know where I think it is. But you decide of where I think it is. Let's take the explanation number two. Why specifically did the Gemara use wine? Why specifically wine? And one of the interpretations that I saw is that it's referring to a, uh, wine is referring to a good life. You know, living a good life, meaning that you have, you know, the, the, the concept of restaurants and the concept of vacations and the concept of, of uh, you know, the entertainment industry. Now, again, I'm not saying anything wrong about going to restaurants, going to, you know, vacations. I, nothing wrong with anything that I'm saying. But, I, but, but where I'm dealing with is where is the focus? And listen to where we're, the way that we're going to go and explain it. What is the difference between Titan and Yitin. Titan and Yitin, we said Titan is over here in the present, and Yitin is in the future. And we're dealing with wine, we're dealing with luxuries. So what we're trying to focus over here is, where is the focus of your life? Is your focus on, on your life in the spiritual or in the physical? And listen to how we're going to go and explain this. You have a person that goes and is a party animal. You know, like someone that loves to party and, and, and is obsessed with parties. So you have two different concepts, two different ways to, to come uh, you know, across this party animal. There's uh, some people that love, love to party and they go on, you know, and they party. And I'm not saying bad or good. Again, different class. And they go and they're focused solely on their parties. But what, what are their focus? The focus is like, okay, someone called you up and be like, listen, there's a party tonight. Are you coming? Like, okay, fine. Now, you know, I'm available. Let me go to the party. That's one type of person. Then you have another person that he's calling up or she's calling up and be like, where's the party tonight? Where's the party tonight? Where's the party next year? Okay, let's focus on where we're going to do. There, there's one that deals in the present and that one that deals in the future. Like their whole life goes in the future. Now let me explain it to, you know, in this aspect. And the way that I'm explaining it is through children. When you go to your child, and if you don't have children, but I'll very soon. Um, there we go. Only a few spired him in here. Okay, so um, the when you go and you... Tell your child, what are you going to be when you grow up? You're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a lawyer, or are you going to say you're going to be a big tzaddik, you're going to be a big tzaddikista, you're going to go and teach Torah, you're going to go and spread Torah. So where is where is your where is your emphasis? Is your emphasis, oh, I want you to be very successful in this world, or is your emphasis, I want you to be successful in the next world? What is the difference over here? The difference over here between titan and yitin. The titan, when I'm dealing with the present, it's okay, fine. So I want to deal with it right now. Right now I know I need to make money, so I go out work and I make money. But when you're dealing with it to the extent that you're convincing your children, you're going to go to college and you're going to go this and you're going to get a degree and then you're going to work and you're going to be successful and then that's the only way you're going to make money. As if God is nowhere in the equation over here. As God is nowhere I have to do with that. That's the only way that you're going to make money. So if your focus is over here, but if your focus is even in the future, even in the future that you have the parents that are telling the children that, oh, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. And again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with college. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with getting a degree and whatever. A different, again, a different class. But where's your focus? When you're telling your children when they're younger, you're going to be a big tzaddik, you're going to be a big talmid chacham, you're going to go and learn Torah, or you're going to be a big doctor and you're going to work 40 hours a day and you're never going to see your family and you're going to make your mother very proud. Right, and your mother, oh man, my son is a doctor. Yeah, my son is a doctor. Every Jewish woman's dream, right? Ah, my son is a doctor. No, my son is a lawyer for the doctor. Okay, whatever it is, you know, you're gonna get to the, my son is the accountant for the entire doctor's union and all the lawyers, you know, like, whatever. Where is your focus in life? Is your focus right here, right now for this world or is your focus for the next world? Now, the way that we see it is that you go to somebody and you see somebody learning in Kolo. Making nothing, living in a very, very, you know, like, like in, in the poverty line. And 
what do people look at them and be like, oh, unfortunately, he's lazy, can't do anything else, what are you supposed to do? You know, I can't do anything else, might as well learn to walk. Unfortunately, that's all he has. Or you look at somebody, and the flip side, you go and you look at somebody, successful businessman, go and he's a big real estate tycoon, he's a big in finance, a big whatever, big lawyer, big doctor, whatever it is, big, ah, this is somebody that achieves a lot in life. This is somebody that is successful. So when you go on your Shabbat table, I'd be like, oh, this person is very successful. What are you going to do? Where, where do you put your emphasis? Or do you put your emphasis in Titan right here? Or do you put your emphasis in Yitain over there? And what, you know, what, what's it going to be? Now again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of these things and dealing with the future. You know, that's not the class. The class is, where is your emphasis? In the Iqbas of the Mashiach, and where Mashiach is coming, the era, the emphasis is right here, right now. Right here, right now. But what's the emphasis right before Mashiach comes? Right before Mashiach comes, it's going to be so fake that even in the future, they're only going to be planning only for this world. Nothing for anything. The yayin, the wine, it's all about the luxuries. Now, I want to give one final interpretation. What does it mean, the difference between titan and yitin? Titan, right, the wine is going to be expensive now, or in the future it's going to be expensive. Now, for anybody here who is familiar with something uh, known as uh, addiction, uh, if somebody gets addicted to, uh, you know, we didn't even have to go to addiction. First, per- first time somebody goes and drinks wine. Right? So if somebody never drank wine before, they take a little sip, they're, you know, they're saying the story, they're hilarious, right? It's, it's great. I'm not saying you should feed it to your kids or do, you know, do it as experiments or an adult, but it's an interesting, all they do is a little bit and it gets them where they need to get to. What happens if, let's say you have something that is also fairly new nowadays, is something known as a kiddush club. Uh, you know, kiddush club, you know, comes with, starts off with small glasses, small glass cups, and then it comes to large glass cups, and there's no water inside. It looks like apple juice, but it's not apple juice. It looks like water, but it's not water. Um, for anybody who has blank faces, I'm talking about either scotch or vodka, um, or anything else clear, or on the bourbon, whatever it is that you're drinking. So you have all these things that are focused. So what happens if, let's say, you start drinking? Unfortunately, you start drinking you know, alcohol. And again, not saying that there's anything wrong with alcohol, not saying that it's a bad thing, but let's say you start drinking. Let's talk about the facts. What originally you needed to get a little bit, let's call it tipsy, a buzz, whatever you want to call it, you take one shot, two shots, Three shots already, you're, you're where you need to be. But the more that you drink, the more that you need. The more that, and listen to where how this plugs in to what the difference in the two gemarot of when Mashiach, the era of Mashiach and what right before Mashiach comes. The era of Mashiach comes is Hagefen Titen, Hagefen Titen Periyah. The Gefen is going to give in the present, meaning that if you're drinking right now a little bit, you need a little bit, and that's all it needs, and the inflation is going to matter. But what is going to happen if you keep on drinking? If you, you're an alcoholic, you keep on drinking and drinking and drinking, that even the eating, even in the future, you know how much, the same amount of money. Now listen to where, where this is where the nuance, this is where the difference comes in. What originally would have cost you $5, $10 to get to your little tipsiness, now it's going to cost you $50 to get to your tipsiness, because now you're addicted to it, you have a tolerance, you have to build it up. So all of a sudden the wine goes up. So, so why is the wine going to be so expensive, says the Gemara? Why is the wine going to go up even though there's so many grapes? The answer is, is that, yeah, there's going to be plenty of grapes. Why is the wine going to go up? Each person's going to have to pay more money for the wine. Because what they used to pay for the wine was X amount of money. But now that they're drinking so much, it's going to go up again. Now, if you don't think this is happening nowadays, all I tell you is go to any shul ever existed anywhere. Like, you'll see what's going on in nowadays. Again, is it bad or good? Is it wrong to take a, uh, a, you know, a shot in, for a l'chaim in your Shabbos Kiddush? I personally believe absolutely not. There's nothing wrong with it. But if you come home drunk to your family, then there is a problem. That's when you know that, you know that, you know that there's a problem. Again, different class, not, it's, not, not for this, but the purpose is where we're holding in, in nowadays and age. Can everybody please turn off your watches, your clocks, your alarm clock, and everything else? Um, 
So whoever, I'll tell you what my dilemma is right now. My dilemma is, is that, I'll tell you something interesting. Before we go on to the next topic, I prepared a certain amount for this class. And I decided that I'm going to take away a certain amount because I'm going to put it in a different class. I, I was, you know, as I said, I, I was revamping this class quite a few times. And I was like, okay, I'm going to have so much time extra left over. I went through about a third of what I prepared for this class. Um, and it's very, the hour is very, very late. So what I'm thinking what to do now is what to do. Should we go, um, I think we're going to have to, uh, you know, like it's, it's too much. I think we're going to have to go and we're going to have to stop this. I, I, there's like, there's a joke. Well, what I got to, I, I have no idea. This, this, is, this is the beauty. That when you go and you learn Torah, especially if you're having a good time, if you're enjoying learning Torah, you're going and you go and, and you get, time goes away from you. You don't realize, you know, where, where time goes. Yeah, I prepared X amount of pages just so that you guys can see. Whoever's not in class doesn't get to see this. Um, and this is all that I, this is all that I got, and this is all that I had to uh, you know to accomplish. And because of the time is being very late, I um, I feel bad. So I think I'm going to. Uh, I can't believe I stopped. I barely said anything. Did I really start that late? This is unbelievable. It's terrible. What? It's just, this doesn't make any sense. This makes absolutely no sense to me. I don't know how I didn't get uh, you know more than I wanted to. Um, uh, literally spoke about two topics, and I had like five topics that I wanted to speak about. But okay, what can I do? It's late, and um, I can't keep everybody here. But let, let's just do a, a little bit of recap, and we'll have to do part two. Um, part two, uh, you know, part three. It's part two. I, you know, I thought this was going to be one class. Now it's going into three classes. Bezat uh, Hashem next week. So what I want to, what I want to point out over here is is and a very important concept is, is the way that you think. It's very, very important to, to figure out how you're thinking in life. Now, let's plug it into whatever we just spoke about, and then let's plug it into to, uh, real-life uh, you know, situations. So we really spoke about two things. We spoke about money and we spoke about wine. Right? This is a great guy's class, by the way. I, you know, like you guys I mean, like, don't care about this stuff. But like, it's like perfect. Money and alcohol is like, that's, you know, like there's one more item that's missing in, in that equation. I'm not going to tell you what that, uh, what that will be, but it's the, um, the people that are sitting around in this room. So uh, that's what equals, uh, you, know, the, you know, a man's brain. Yeah, thank you. So let's try, to, let's try to, to, to understand this concept now what's very interesting is that I spoke about many of these topics in a previous thing but we, right now we broke it up and, and focused on the nuances of the word so we started speaking about the, the concept of money the concept of money means that there's going to be an inflation of prices what does it mean that it's going to be an inflation of prices there's going to be the prices are going to go off for products that are normally on a, on a lower end now why is it because we have to plug in we did, there's something because we did something it's something because of our actions now what leads from that that, from, from that leads into, into an aspect of a corruption when you have to when you have an increase in prices and you want to buy the same product but you don't have enough money then and you still want that product then there's something fishy that goes around in that situation what's going to lead from that it's going to lead you not having any money when you're not going to have any money you still want that it's going to lead to corruption corruption leads into unfortunately not having any money in your pocket not having any money pocket unfortunately it lead to uh can lead to prison or can lead to death or can lead to anything in between. So when we're going and we're, and we're thinking about this, why is this so important? This is so important is to figure out where do you think we are in our generation, our day and age? Where are we? And I want you to think about This is a class that you really need to think about. And I try to simplify it very much to, compared to the last class that we did on this. 
Are we in the generation of where Mashiach is coming? And if we're in the generation of where Mashiach is coming, where I am leaning very, very strongly to that, that means that Mashiach is imminent, very imminent. And now why is that so important? Because if you're not ready for Mashiach, then you better hope by the mercy of God that you're involved in that circle that's going to be there when Mashiach comes. Because you want to be there. I started off saying that I want to be in that situation where somebody goes to the TSA agent and says, no, Muhammad gave me this package right outside, gave me $1,000 to go and bring this on the plane. I would give an infinity amount of money for that to see what's going to be when Mashiach comes. What's going to be when Mashiach is going to come? And if you want to be in that situation, and if it's so imminent, if it's coming any day, if it's coming very, very soon, then we have to think about it. What do we have to do to make sure that we're part of that equation? We're going to be in that time frame. We're going to be the ones that survive Gogomakal. We're going to be the ones that are going to survive the times of Mashiach. We're going to see the Betta Mikdash, and we're going to deal with the Kobanot, and we're going to deal with that situation. And we take it, we took it, that's from the money. Let's take it from the one step further that we spoke about, which is the wine. Are we in a situation where the wine is expensive now, or wine is expensive in the future? And we give two different interpretations. One of them was greed. Is greed going higher or lower? Again, depending on who you know and who's your landlord. and who's your, you know, You'll know what I'm talking about. But when you're dealing with the other aspect of it, when your life, what is your focus in life? Is your focus in life right here, right now, or is your focus in life in the next world? If your focus in life, and even if you convince your children that it's only going to be about this world, make sure that you go and you spend your time making money because that's the only thing that's important. Honor, power, uh, you know, fame. That's what's important in it. Then you know where we are. Now, the people who you know, the people who you deal with is going to put yourself in this, into which equation it is. But all of that I ask is you think about it. And there's two things that I ask of you. Number one, and this, if you're in one of these equations, learn from it. Take something away from it. Take something and be like, okay, listen. So maybe if I'm on one of these equations, so how do I fix myself? How do I fix myself? And when you fix yourself, when you, can, you, when you realize that Mashiach is imminent, when you realize Mashiach is here and you realize you want to be part of that equation, oh, you better, better believe it, that it's going to change the way that you see the world. All of a sudden, imagine someone goes and does something to you that you're not happy with. But imagine the next sentence that you hear, but Mashiach is coming tomorrow. Are you going to be angry at that person? Are you going to be upset at that person? I guarantee you, not. I'm assuming that you believe in what the person... But if you know Mashiach is coming tomorrow, all of a sudden nothing matters. All of a sudden nothing makes any... There's no difference in anything in life except that Mashiach is coming tomorrow. Let me take out my tefillin, wipe off the dust and start speaking to God again. Let me go and start learning Torah. Let me go and start dressing modestly. Let me go and start doing things that I've never done before in my life. And that is why these classes are so important. These classes are so important. The Gemara goes and tells us this because it tells us that look at the signs. The signs are showing that Mashiach is coming. And whether you like it or not, whether you're happy, you're excited, or you're confused, the bottom line is Mashiach is coming. When is it going to come? I have no clue. Bezal Hashem tomorrow. But if it, whenever you listen to this, Bezal Hashem tomorrow from that also. But whenever it is coming, I don't know. But the, the, the concept is, is it's, it's imminent. It's definitely very, very close. So my question is to you is, what are you going to do to make sure that you're going to be part of that equation? Zakabaruch. Any questions? Before we close it. Any questions? That was good. No questions? Okay, Hazakabov. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.